This is Primary First, a podcast focused on helping Catalyst Health Network members improve the way they work and the results they achieve. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Bullard, and today on Primary First, we finish our three-part conversation with Catalyst Health Network's payer expert, Chris Abbott. In the first two episodes of this series, we covered some of the lessons learned from prospective payment in the Medicare space, as well as the impact of virtual patient care on aligning outcomes and costs. In this episode, we'll take a look at what's on the horizon in the commercial space and what physicians can do to move the needle towards an advanced primary care model. So you're in a very interesting position that you, you get to see on both sides of the fence and have an appreciation for both sides of this fence. You're talking about something that uh, we've actually reported on recently in our Catalyst Connection uh, and how Catalyst has joined with other primary care leaders in this space, including the AAFP, to push for this primary care access for all uh, Americans. Um, and as part of that effort, we're really pushing to increase the investment in primary care, something you just spoke about. And it's not something that's foreign, as you mentioned. There, there's a lot of information out there that supports how other countries do this. There are some states in the U.S. that do this as well. They've moved that primary care spend from what's traditionally around 5% to double that uh, in, in a lot of areas closer to 10 or 11%. And they see just what you've talked about, better outcomes, lower total cost of care. That's something that I think we can understand and get our heads around and appreciate from a team-based care approach. And then, uh, as you've been talking about today, an advanced primary care model, uh, we, we know there's benefits and there will be some impact in total cost of care. And at the same time, we're asking payers or employers to um, invest more dollars, spend more uh, and, and take that, uh, as you mentioned, risk. Where are the payers in this this process? Are they are they ripe for that conversation, or are they resistant still? What, what do you think the lay of the land is on the payer side? I I honestly believe they're ripe for the conversation. I look at you know uh, payers like United Healthcare and Cigna and Netna and and the Blues is all of them have increasing experience in Medicare Advantage marketplace, and they see this working in Medicare Advantage. So they start to understand this. The issue then becomes, how do you translate those learnings into the commercial environment? And this is where we do have some challenges right now. And so an example is more and more commercial employer uh, based insurance is what's called self-funded, or sometimes you hear the term ASO, so administrative services only, which means the payers only providing access to a network at a particular price point, and then all the administrative services. The employers are the ones who are paying the bills. The challenge is one is employers are so desperately trying to save money that they're you know, they're being a little short-sighted on investing. They're literally worried about saving money this quarter. So anything that that is saved in the process, they want to hold on to, which is, again, limiting the investment uh, opportunity with this. But I would say the other challenge we have is commercial um, benefit structure does not incentivize patients to engage with their primary care. So typically we see these broad network PPO plans. Uh, so patients kind of are left on their own 
to you know to to, to navigate. Uh, many have high deductibles, so again, there's an enormous economic reason for them not to get engaged. The problem and the challenge for payers is most employers still think this is what they should be buying. <laughs> Uh, and as opposed to Medicare Advantage, where most patients, most members are in HMO plans, where they have to pick a primary care physician, having that quarterback is literally part of the model and the benefit structure. We've got to get to a better benefit structure in the commercial world. The, the question is, it's kind of a catch-22. If the benefit structure starts to move towards um, a better primary care focus. There's immediate cost to the employer that they kind of wince at. So we've we've got to find some more innovative, forward-thinking people to partner with. This is one of the reasons why there are more of these direct-to-employer opportunities popping up where there are innovative employers who are going, you know what, United and Cigna Net are not moving fast enough for me. We want to work directly with folks like Catalyst Health Network, uh, and we can start to, to implement these kind of models. So I think payers are going to have to get their head in the game. They, they have money that they can invest in this. Uh, the challenge is the money all belongs to the employer. So I think we're close. Everything we can do at Catalyst to show the value, that return on investment of investing in primary care will help us get everybody over the hump to a broader deployment of an advanced primary care model. So you've talked uh, quite a bit about Medicare and uh, the, the position that CMS has when it comes to uh, impacting the cost of care and aligning that PCP uh, patient uh, so that they have a stronger relationship. I think most of us listening today really appreciate that we often have to look at CMS and understand kind of the direction healthcare is going because they tend to set the pace often uh, and the course. Uh, and I don't think it sounds uh, like what you're saying is this is this is no different. When we're looking at a uh, prepaid or prospective payment type relationship or advanced primary care model, we can look to Medicare Advantage as a good example of uh, it, here's how this can work. Uh, it works in the Medicare population, which uh, without doubt is a more challenging population in terms of controlling cost of care because they're disease burden. Uh, it should also work in the commercial space. But we have to demonstrate that. We, we have to be able to get the employers to understand and appreciate that, that that's something that could be a winning strategy for them is, is what I hear you saying. I, I think as I think about your day-to-day -day role and your conversations that you have out with payers, that, that's your challenge. Your challenge is helping them understand and appreciate that this is a, it's a good investment and they should, they should take a bet on us. Um, same with your conversations and engagements with employers. I wonder, as a PCP uh, works day-to-day -day in their office seeing patients, are there things that our PCPs could be doing to help move the needle as well, to help um, help give you the fuel you need to go out and advocate on their behalf, for example. Well, one of the items, Jeff, I would put at the top of that list is the, the means by which they engage their, their patients in a way where patients really understand the value. So um, I, I think 
there are still a lot of patients who think, and this is where I get my annual physical from, or I get my flu shot. This is who I need to, to speak to. That providers and physicians and, and the teams in our primary care network help those patients understand they're truly the health care quarterback for their patients that they serve. So it's, you know, again, this is where patients have been kind of been trained in this PPO environment. Well, hey, I think I need to go see a podiatrist or my stomach has hurt for two weeks now. I'm going to call and, and get myself into a, you know, a, a GI doctor, you know, or they're navigating for themselves. So I think that ability to engage, educate, and help navigate. If patients understand that and you're um, upfront, you're, you're kind of literally putting that out there as, hey, that's what we do. We do more than take your blood pressure. So that patients turn to their primary care physician when anytime they have a healthcare question or concern that they're not feeling they have to self-navigate. Again, having spent a lot of time on the payer, Payers feel that if that kind of thing isn't happening, this is where they inject themselves. So this is where we see all these things that payers are doing, everything from nurse triage lines to special teams that call people who are diabetic. Frequently, these patients aren't being helped in the primary care environment uh, in a way that's prospective. Uh, that's engaging. So the payers are trying to kind of fill in what they what they see as missing pieces in the process. How can they engage with you and, and your team in a way that that's where the patient turns to rather than going to urgent care or using a telehealth service that takes a credit card? So those uh, I would I would put that at the top of the list of things we really need to get good at at Catalyst. You talked a lot about the PPO environment that most of our physicians practice within. And it comes with a lot of frustrations. We're a network whose focus is improving outcomes and decreasing the total cost of care. And a lot of physicians experience frustration around not being able to, to help the patients navigate the system in a more affordable way because in the PPO world, they have choices and they make choices that don't necessarily result in better outcomes or, or lower cost of care. How would you uh, wrap up an advanced primary care model uh, being a driver for, for PCPs being able to really engage that relationship in a different way? In that PPO environment, patients often are swayed by things that have nothing to do with the care. They're going to pick based on things that typically don't have anything to do with either quality of care or affordability. As a advanced primary care physician, educating and engaging patients around this is really important. Part of that is, is helping communicate the trust that you have. So for example, most primary care physicians have cardiologists they, they partner with. Uh, part of the strength that Catalyst brings is our ability to help identify the high-performing ones. As a uh, a primary care physician, if you're participating in total cost of care, you don't want to send your patient to a cardiologist who out of the box does, you know, three tests, whether they're really necessary or not. Um, your patients don't really understand any of that. So helping them understand why you 
and your team helping with referrals adds value because otherwise patients perceive it as administrative obstacle building. So there is an important education aspect of playing that quarterback role. It makes a lot of sense. It's that alignment of relationship, technology, tools, and benefits design that's really going to get us across the, the finish line, it sounds like. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today and taking taking the time and the effort to sit down and help bring us up to speed on things related to insurance, things related to APC. Well, thank you, Jeff. It, it is such an exciting time in healthcare right now. We're we're learning so many things. Uh, technology is so rapidly changing how we do uh, healthcare, where we do healthcare, when we do healthcare. So I'm excited to be a part of the solution. And that's it for this episode of Primary First. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Chris Abbott. Join us next time as we gain some perspective from Ashley Gunter, an expert in the direct-to-employer space.